What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are getting back in that Wayback Machine, and we're going back to the year 1993 to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Sylvester Stallone Wesley Snipes vehicle known as Demolition Man in the 3FN Movie Club Review. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First of all, he is the man that, after watching Demolition Man, decided that he was going to look into cryogenically freezing not just his head like Walt Disney, but his entire body, and he hoped he was going to come out looking the same as Sylvester Stallone. I'm talking about Ron. Oh, I am trying like hell, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know that whole naked scene? Oh, could oh, you, yeah. oh, could yeah. you imagine if, if it was one of us in that, I, that cylinder? I, I just can't wait until I can be able to knit without even thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be awesome, right? <laughs> I, I just kind of want to come back to like uh, like Simon Phoenix and just know every you know way to kill somebody known to man, and that was my rehabilitation. Well, the other man is in the room too. The other nerd is sitting right next to me. He doesn't need any introduction yet. He has the longest introduction of all of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. We're bringing black fluid transfers. Ah, lots of fluid transfers. Lots of fluid transfers. Lots of fluid transfers. There's a little teaser there. And are you bringing those fluid transfers with or without the three shells? (laughs) I don't understand the three cells. I know. I, I still don't understand it, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, first, before we dive into too much more, though, Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week hasn't been too bad. Pretty basic, lame, and normal. Not too much going on. Um, our Wednesday group uh, is, you know, we're still working through Training of Dragons. We're going, you know, we finally got through Chapter 3. So nice. We, which, you know, we've been doing pretty much a chapter... Session. A, a session only because we've done most of this in the beginning when we first started the group back in the day so we're just kind of rushing through to where we get to the point where we don't know what's going on so we kind of speed speed run a little bit in the beginning but you know things are working you know we, we i got knocked out like four times because you know barbarian cat barbarian just running in the battle you know our heavy hitter druid you know went down and i'm just like Rage and forgetting I was the only one with a healing potion. <laughs> you know, so smooth. Yeah, so somebody else had to save him, not me. I was busy, but that's pretty much what's going on. He was being a smooth criminal, folks. <laughs> and uh, Diesel, I know you've had a tiresome one, but how has been your week? I've also been tired, but we'll talk about that in a minute. It's been a long weekend of retail hell this weekend. I've <laughs> been running the store, so the owners could go on a little getaway. Uh, I had to open up early on Saturday for a tournament with Demon Fire, and then had to open up at 9 a.m. on Sunday, and the tournament didn't get over until 9 p.m., so it was a long day, so I really wanted to call off of work today, but that didn't happen. Oh, geez, you know, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning neither, 
And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just share with you, of course, as most of you know, I was down at New York Comic Con uh, last week, so it was a fun time. It was a great time. No no complaints. Uh, we got a ton of coverage, a ton of stuff that uh, is gonna be coming out. So keep your eye on the ODPH podcast, and of course, Nerd Initiative on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're following them, NerdInitiative.com, for all your information for them, and ODPHpodcast.com for all the information there, because that's who I was down there working with. And because uh, obviously we don't do any of the, like the news and stuff over here. And of course, film news is kind of, uh, you know, X day because there is still the SAG after a uh, strike. So support them. Of course, down in the uh, liner notes for the show is the donation button for them. I think I saw the WGA one there as well. But of course, WGA is back to work. But still, if you would like to donate to both, you still can. Uh, so check that out as well. But uh, man, man, I'll just I, I'm not going to go into too much detail because there's a lot of stuff coming out. I will just say this. Uh, if you're if you were thinking or you're already a fan of, go and check out uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters when it drops in November. Uh, we got to see the first episode down there. Stupendous. I liked it a lot. It is a little more character driven. There's a big, but there is a nice little mystery story that ties in through times. And of course, uh, one of uh, uh, Diesel's favorite actors in it, Wyatt Russell. Oh, nice. Uh, nice of course, he, him. I don't know if you know anything about the show, but he's playing the same character his dad is. So he's playing the younger version of, of the character, and his father is playing the older character. Nice. Very so cool. it's kind of, kind of a nice thing because it goes throughout different times. So I thought that was very interesting as well. Uh, you don't get to see Kurt Russell in episode one, so sorry. That, 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 I don't think that's a spoiler, but he is definitely in the no. series. But uh, you do not get to see him in episode one. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good time. I got to see the first episode of uh, My Hero Academia. You know, they always open with a special. So we got to see the special uh, before even Japan got to see it. So that was pretty awesome in its own. Uh, we got to do panels for the new company, Ghost Machine, which is awesome. If you're a comic book fan, make sure you're checking them out. Comixology's got a lot of stuff coming out. Scott Snyder has got a book uh, coming out with Tom Hardy, uh, Arcbound, and Tom Hardy was there. I got a picture of him. This good, they went all over the place. Uh, it was a great time. The highest attended New York Comic Con in history as well. So it was crazy getting around the, the Javits, but thank you to Read Pop and the powers that be at New York Comic Con for having us down as press. Of course, we'll be back next year. We have a lot of interviews and stuff, though, coming out, so keep your eyes posted, specifically on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel when I'm when those are dropping. I have to edit them, but I just got home yesterday, and then I had to work today, and then I'm here, so that's going to be during the week that I'm uh, you know obviously doing So bear with me. And, of course, if you would like to hear all about the New York Comic Con recap, Tune in tomorrow night on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live as myself, Ken M., and uh, Tom, Tom Craven, of course, off-the-cuff Tom, will be talking all about it on the show Turn a Page that comes out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. That's the show that Ken M. hosts over there. Uh, it's all about comics, so come check it out because we're going to go and do a full recap of New York Comic Con. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, other than that, very tired from running around. Legs are sore. Going back to work kind of was like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but here I am, and we're still trucking along. I hope everybody at home had an awesome week. I hope you have an awesome upcoming week as well. But before we can dive into the fun stuff, we got to take care of a little business. And that, of course, is the opening shameless plugs. And if you would like to know anything about the 3FN Podcast at all, it's simple. You go to 3FNPodcast.com. There you will find all of our social media links. You'll find the Public link. You'll find the Patreon link. Patreon.com slash 
FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content while helping support everything we do here. On top of that, you can check out all of the uh, shows. They, we have their own uh, little spots there. And then we have a spot for friends of the show, which I have to evolve a little bit more. But that's where you can find the ODPH Podcast. Get right over to their website. Check out their podcast from there as well. Also, we have a musical directory where the bands who provide us with their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs are. Of course, big shout-outs to our friend Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song you hear each and every week right here on the 3FN Podcast in the Open. Of course, support all of those great bands over on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least is the sponsorship page. Over there, you can find all the sponsors to help bring the show to you commercial-free. First up is our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. They're located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607, make sure you check out their Facebook page to check out all the events, Dragon Master Games. Also, if you're in the 607 and you want to get your ride looking fresh and new, visit Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Diesel, when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, who do you call? Call 607-644-3389. Of course, tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Shout out to W Energy, W.GG. Use that promo code 3FNPOD at checkout to get 10% off as they are the official energy drink. And then our good friend Sci-Fi Horror Fest coming up in next August. Of course... Tickets go on sale, on sale for the first time, and the cheapest you'll ever be able to buy them, October 28th through the 31st. So make sure you check them out at SciFiHorrorFest.com. And a little shout out at the end there once again. I want to remind everybody I do some work for the Nerd Initiative. So NerdInitiative.com, get all that great information. Make sure you're signed up to the Nerd Initiative uh, YouTube channel. Of course, if you're a wrestling fan, join myself and Ken M every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Wrestling Night Live, Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Check it out. Yeah, I gotta revamp some of the website. <laughs> you know what I forgot to say? What'd you forget? I'm to say? on a 30 day countdown. 30 days. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And then nothing. And then nothing for a month and a half. So if you want to boo, if you want to, if you want to boo Ron, what that means is that Ron is not his last day of work is in 30 days from now until the new year. Because every day, every year, he's a genius with his vacation time. And so just, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? We haven't th- we haven't done this in a while, so I have to give me a second because we definitely haven't done this. But we'll be doing this a-, a lot lately when it comes up because this is what we do to Ron during that time period, if you're not familiar. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like you all to join in. And where the fuck is it in here? Oh, yeah. Where do we lose it? it? Oh, oh, here it is. I proved it towards the top because we use it at this time of year. Boo this man! No! Son of a bitch. <laughs> 30 day countdown. That's the first, that's the one, first one. You know what we think about that? Minus five stars! You know, that's as, right. my, as long as I make it to 30 days without using a sick day, I'll get a bonus sick day. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> I've gone nine months without it by that time. Wow. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Yeah, I know. If, if you need any information, you forgot anything we said earlier, 3FNpodcast.com. Send all your hate on the X machine over here to at RedX230, right? Yep. Uh, and that's also on Instagram if you prefer to use that. Uh, you can send them all your hate about how you have to work yeah. and he doesn't. PlayStation Network, even though I don't use it anymore. There you go. If you want to play with Ron if he's on, well, yeah. ooh, hey. Ooh, hey. <laughs> that's Diesel's department. That's OnlyFans. By the way, OnlyFans <laughs> at RedX230. There is an OnlyFans, but there's nothing on it. I posted a couple ooh. of our... I posted a couple of, uh, of our uh, 
podcast, but that's oh, it. Wow, we were, we're on OnlyFans. High five, Diesel. I, I thought you were the one that would put I'm already on OnlyFans. On Only <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I thought you would be the one that put the, took the podcast to OnlyFans. Oh, I've, I've took it to a few uh, submissive girls I've talked to, and they've checked it us out. All right, good. good. I mean, hopefully it wasn't for torture reasons. <laughs> you made them kneel on rice. hi All right, well, now it's time to get the, uh, the party started. It's time to kick it off, and you know how we like to kick this one off. Let's all go to the lobby. Welcome back to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. Got an interesting box office this week. Coming in at number five, we have the creator with another four point three million dollars. They are eh. falling super short. Eh. At number four this week, Saw X with five point seven million dollars. We're getting another one, folks. Yeah, nice. Number three this week, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, with another $7 million. I'm surprised that's lower. I figured the kids would still be stomping on the door for that one. Yeah, well. Coming in at number two with uh, The Exorcist Believer with $11 million. That's a little edge of the code. They made their money back. They're trying to chip into that $400 million. Hey, hey, whatever. I want want to see where it goes. Rumor has it that uh, David Gordon Green will not be back for the sequel. Ooh, that might be better than that. I'm, I'm not saying it's just a rumor because obviously, with everything going on in Hollywood, is nothing can be confirmed. Yeah. There is a rumor flowing around. I don't know if that's true or not. And then debuting this week at number one with ninety-six million dollars, Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour. <sighs> Man, you know what? I, I just don't get it, but that's okay. I'm not a Swifty. If you're a Swifty at home, that's Let's get fine. Swifty. You know, you know what it is. I and I'm, man, I'm going to take some shit for this one, but I'm going to say it. I'm not. I don't find her hot. I think she needs to eat a sandwich. I'm just throwing it out there, and I know somebody's gonna be like, "You're body shaming somebody." Listen, I'm a fat guy. I'm not body shaming nobody. There was a meme I saw that perfectly explains this. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift both like like they're not good enough for each other. They're both still aiming too low. (laughs) True. (laughs) Or just Travis Kelsey's one of those big dudes that likes to break chicks in half. It's a beard situation. One hundred percent a beard situation. One hundred percent. Ooh, you're thinking that, huh? Yeah, one hundred percent a beard situation. So who's the who's the who's the one that's got who's beard who's beard for who? Uh, I, I'm thinking it's kind of like an Oprah situation. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I, I, I She's looking you. for her Stedman. I can see that. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, dog. I feel you. All right. Well, with that, what's coming to the box office this week? It's uh, we're looking a little light, so we're going to go into some of the maybe not getting played everywhere. Uh, we got coming out the Canterville Ghost animated movie, the other Zoe, Dicks the musical, and then Killers of the Flower Moon, which will be next week's three FN Movie Club review just by uh, default. Ron is not happy about it. It's like it. three and a half hours long. It is, but uh, why not? It's got Leo. It's got Leo. It's Scorsese, but it's three and a half hours. It's long. got De Niro. And then coming out, it's got John Lithgow. I understand it's got a cast, but it's three and a half hours long. It's like well, Oppenheimer, but just not as good. I'll tell you what: if you don't want to watch it, you can take a week off. Me and me and Diesel will cover it because you, you Diesel had a, Diesel has uh, been going to the movies the last couple of weeks, so you can have a week off if you want. This is an artsy movie. I gotta I gotta throw Diesel a bone every once in a while and get him into just, artsy films. I just won't be doing it Thursday. I'll go. That's over fine. The weekend. That's fine. I, I mean, we could go see the Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. I think it's only in this weekend. 
Uh, no, no, it's on next weekend. They're, oh, they're they're selling, they made ninety six million dollars. Oh no, they are keeping that shit selling, going. They're selling tickets. As a matter of oh, fact, I can I tell know. you, I'm, I'm looking at our theater right now. They they have a twelve on uh, next Thursday. They have a twelve forty showing, a two twenty showing, a three twenty showing, a four twenty showing, a six p.m. showing, a seven p.m. showing, and that's where it cuts off on the main screen. So if I click on it, that leaves an eight p.m. and a nine ten. That's all for uh, Taylor Swift. Four twenty showing of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Diesel. Diesel doesn't give it out of work before then. Oh no, I didn't say he had to go. Oh well, you can. You, go. you want that low in theater experience for that one? You never at four twenty. You're not going to get the low. No, one. I know. I you better go at uh, if you're going on Thursday. I would uh, I would say the two forty and two or the twelve forty or the two twenty pushing it. I could do two twenty because I'd just be a ten minutes late. There you go. You didn't miss much, but the open. It's all right. Yeah, you're just there for the finish. <laughs> and then coming out the following week on October twenty seventh, we have Freelance. And Five Nights at Freddy's. And, of course, that will be the 3FN Movie Club review that week is Five Nights at Freddy's. And Diesel did say he would go see that one. I'm, I'm intrigued Surprisingly enough. But it is PG-13, so yeah. I think that's why. But there's going to be a lot of jump scares, so just be ready to kung fu the air, and we'll be, we'll be fine. He'll be fine on that one. That's like giant Teddy Ruxpins. I'm not going to have nightmares. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> hey. Oh, I need to go find a Teddy Ruxpin now. <laughs> Sit in the chair. Oh, poor Diesel. Oh. Poor Diesel. In honor of our spooky month of October, it's time for our top three, your top three favorite Scream Queens. Top three favorite Scream Queens of all time. Ah, man, that's a tough one. It's There's so many. Dude, there is so many that I can name. I don't want to sit here how it's a tough one. This is a tough one for me because I don't watch these kind of movies. Yeah, but that's what Google exists for. For you, at least. <laughs> all right, so I am going to go... And with my number three, I'm going to give it to one of my favorite final girls of all times. And I, I and because the two movies I really love, she's not like the loudest screamer, but I feel like the scream queen to me doesn't mean you necessarily have to scream, like right. actually scream. I feel like it actually is just if you're fucking the final girl and you're good at what you do. So my number three is going to be Amy Steele, Friday the 13th Part 2, which we just reviewed for the 3, uh, 3FN Horror Show on uh, Patreon because Friday the 13th was last week. And also, uh, she was in one of my favorite horror movies of all time, April Fool's Days from 1986. So I I, I, she's one of my favorites at the number two position a lovely person that I've met on numerous occasions been in a ton of different uh, horror movies the, the the legendary Barbara Crampton uh, check her out and reanimate her she's in Chopping Mall you name it she's been there and man, listen, I got to go. My number one of all time has got to be the legendary Jamie Lee Curtis. Because I think when you think Final Girl, when you think Scream Queen, you think Jamie Lee Curtis. Even though she left the genre for a long time and became a massive star, she is still going to be the yeah. Scream Queen of our hearts forever. Ron, your top three. Mine are more relatively newer just because why not? Um, number three is Mia Goth from X. Yeah, and X I think she's Pearl. a an actress, Pearl. She's, she's doing fine. It's just the movie's a 24 you know whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, number two jenna ortega only because scream obviously you know young upcomer let's get there i'm good with it and i'm going with the classic sarah michelle giller Ooh, sarah michelle giller she's in uh, some classics like i know yeah. what she did last summer she was also in scream too by the yep. way so she's one of the few that's made the both and of course i think most people remember her scream uh, scream queendom if you will from the grudge yep. the american version that is Diesel. All right, coming at number three, we got friend of the show, Jill Whitlow. Oh, yeah, Night at the Creeps. We love us some Jill Whitlow here, sir. I might have to play that back-to-back weeks because I played that as the, the mid-clip. Oh, there's no mid-clip this week because we're doing an older film. We'll play it on the next one, I promise. Number two, we're going to go with Shelley Duvall. Ooh, Ooh that, that was a good one. I was overlooking that. By the way, uh, how, how the fact that that wasn't even acting, <laughs> that she was just getting terrorized <laughs> behind the scenes. Oh, oh you kind of feel bad for her. A little bit. 
And number one, I'm loving this girl more and more every time I see her in the brief trailers that I see. Miss Jenna Ortega. Oh, yeah. Jenna yeah. Ortega is like right. on fire. She's the modern-day Scream Queen at this point in Juncture, I would say. And she's doing big things. Of course, we'll be seeing her eventually in the Beetlejuice movie, the sequel to Beetlejuice. Yeah. Also, of course, Wednesday. Wednesday. I do believe that's coming back. Yeah, season two of Wednesday. Um, obviously, the next Scream movie she's supposed to be in. There was a there was a rumor that she was going to be uh, replacing somebody in a Disney film. There's a lot yeah. of rumors out there. Basically, anytime there's a movie being cast and there's a young female role, Jenna Ortega's there. Uh, and if if she doesn't get booked, somebody that is Jenna Ortega esque gets booked. That's how Rachel Zegler has a career, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We just couldn't book Jenna Ortega, so we went with the Wish.com version. Ooh, shots fired. But it's true. It's true because think about it. Jenna Ortega's fucking linked to everything yeah. as soon as they're like hey there's a new movie coming out doesn't matter whether they're Jenna Ortega <laughs> like you can't even get it out of your mouth alright and that's a good thing for her I'm, I'm very happy for her well that was a great top three that was a great Diesel's movie triple stuff but you know when we end, exit the triple stuff we jump right on into welcome to 3FS Movie Club Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it's time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And as I mentioned in the opening, this week, we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Stil- Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes vehicle known as Demolition Man. Also, you could say the kind of like the, I mean, I know she's been in things before, but this was uh, kind of the start of Sandra Bullock's yeah. uh, rise to being uh, America's sweetheart, if yeah. you will. In a lot of ways. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. Of course, 3FM Movie Club, if you guys have not joined us and this is your first time listening, thank you for giving us a try. Check out some of our older reviews and continue on to some of I uh, hope you stay with us. And also, if uh, you just need a reminder how things happen when we review older films, here's your reminder. When we do newer films, we take a break so we can separate the spoiler-free from the spoiler section. For older movies, we do not take the break. We still don't do spoil. We still do a spoiler-free section where we tell you about the stats of the film when it came out, who made it, who starred in it. But then we go. We will give you a warning just in case you don't want a movie from 1993 spoiled. And then we just go right into the review. So because we just figured that since it's from 1993, it's not spoiling it for anybody because these are all older films, and you've had plenty of time to see them. If you haven't seen them, this might convince you to see them, or if you haven't seen them in a while, it might convince you to rewatch them, or. Never watch them again, depending upon what we think about them. So with that being said, let's kick off the 3FN Movie Club and Diesel, I believe... Man, I got a story to tell! When super criminal Phoenix gets out of his parole, disgraced cop John Spartan must get thawed out early from his jail sentence to stop him i like that that was that was pretty good if you put that on the back of a cassette i would definitely buy it well the demolition man was released on october 8th of 1993 with a runtime of 115 minutes the budget of this film was 57 million dollars in its box office both domestic and worldwide because i'm assuming it didn't get a worldwide box office 58 million dollars so it's 58 million for both so therefore you know it made us money back plus one million well now that we know those stats, it's now time to find out who made this year. And of course, the director of this film was Marco Brambilla. 
By the way, his first ever thing that he did, there's only one thing he did before this. He directed a CNC Music Factory video. <laughs> nice. I could see it because it had a very similar feel. Yes. <laughs> uh, the only the only movie he ever directed, the only full-length movie he ever direct, directed was The Demolition Man. Everything else was either a short or music videos after either. So this is his only big screen movie. That sucks. Hell of a career. Hell of a <laughs> well, he did some he did some interesting music videos, I'll tell you that much. Uh, next up, screenplay. First up, Peter M. Linkov did the story and screenplay. Uh, by the way, first film also came out in 1993, Son-in-Law. Nice. Hell of a career. <laughs> he, he would also write R.I.P.D. parts one and two. <laughs> so that brings you to Ryan Reynolds. That's <laughs> all right. Next up, we had Robert, Robert Rene. Uh, screenplay and story by uh, only other movie he did Action Jackson 1988 that's the only other movie he wrote oh was career <laughs> and then last but not least and this guy had a little more of a career Daniel Waters uh, he had a screenplay uh, for his first film first screenplay Heathers in 1988 The Adventures of Ford Fairlane Hudson Hawk and Batman Returns that's actually a pretty good resume not very big but a good resume, in my opinion, except for Ford Fairlane. Eh, much like Shania Twain. They don't want to impress me much. <laughs> Hell of a career. I was going to say, Heather. No, Heather, Heather is a great movie. A great movie. And maybe this will impress you, though. The director of photography on this movie is Alex Thompson. Alex Thompson started out his career in a, This is a foreign film, so I'm going to butcher it. It's Irvinka in 1967. Uh, he would come to the States and do a bunch of smaller stuff. But then in the 80s, he had this really legendary run. Pun intended in a minute. First movie in the 80s he did, Excalibur. Nice. Then he did Legend. Then he was the DP for Labyrinth. Also, Leviathan. And then entering into the 90s, he did Mr. Destiny, Alien 3, Cliffhanger. And then it kind of, you know, he kind of went into obscurity after that. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Alex Thompson passed away on June 14th of 2007 at the age of 78. But uh, I'm just going to say, for that run with Excalibur, Legend, Labyrinth, and Leviathan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brother. Yeah. And we like Cliffhanger for what it was, too. Yeah. So, And he wrote all, and he was a DP on all of them. And for the time, it looked great. <laughs> composer for this movie is Elliot Goldenthal. Uh, first movie he he was the composer for, Cocaine Cowboys in 1979. Nice. He was then, the, he did all the music for Pet Cemetery, the original. Oh, okay. Alien 3, Interview with the Vampire. Nice. Batman Forever, Heat, A Time to Kill, Batman and Robin, Sphere and across the universe. Ooh, okay. He's got a pretty yeah, eclectic one, but most of them are, are, are winners. Yeah, I gotta give him credit for that. All right, now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in the movie. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? All right, your first star of the film, and I'm not going to name off all this stuff because we'll be here all day. Sylvester Stallone, he plays Detective John Spartan. Of course, his first movie. The Square Root in 1969. Uh, of course, you remember him from the Rocky franchise, Over the Top, the Rambo franchise, Judge Dredd, Copland, the Expendables franchise, and if you want to name any others, feel free real quick. Wasn't it the Italian Stallion? Uh, no, 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 no. The Italian Stallion was made uh, after that, and that was like a weekend at Mini or whatever, and then they changed it to the Italian Stallion after Rocky because, they, you know, porn directors, they're smart. You know, you know what I mean? Next up, though, Wesley Snipes playing Simon Phoenix in this movie. His first movie, believe it or not, Wildcats in 1986. Oh, Goldie Hawn, right. yeah. remember Goldie yeah. Hawn was in that movie. Forgot about that. And then he would be in Major League, 
king of New York, and then he would become a leading man as he would be in New Jack City. That was his first big one. Then Jungle Fever, White Men Can't Jump, Drop Zone, Money Train, The Fan, which I'm a big fan of. Yep. Uh, then Blade, the Blade, the original Blade franchise. Uh, we would see him pop back up in The Expendables 3, uh, you know, after a little bit of time away. <laughs> somebody forgot to pay some taxes, allegedly. And uh, then uh, most recently, in 2023, was in a movie called Back on the Strip. By the way, we didn't have to say Sylvester Stallone's most recent. You guys already know that was Expendables 4, which we uh, reviewed a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Doesn't hold up. So, uh, well, Expendables 4? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, the next one that we're doing a deep dive on, I mentioned earlier, she was America's sweetheart for a long time, Sandra Bullock. Uh, Lieutenant Len- Lenina Huxley. Uh, Hangman in 1987 was her first film. She was also in The Vanishing, and then she would make her big... Uh, this was technically her first major role like in a, in a supporting way then she'd really kick it in in speed while you were sleeping a time to kill then she would return and i did them separately on purpose so i could say it like this speed two colon cruise control that's right cruise control 28 days miss congeniality she was in all of those movies murder by the by numbers which is a phenomenal movie ryan gosling that was one of his first major roles uh crash of course that won an oscar uh the blind side gravity oceans eight remember that was the oceans yep. movie it was all women uh bird box and most recently last year she was in a double header the lost city that was with Channing Tatum. <laughs> and then, of course, one where we all saw where she was a surprise uh, entrant in Bullet Train. So uh, Sandra Bullock is still kicking ass out there in Hollywood. Big fan, by the way. Uh, she didn't, you know, she doesn't have any of those real embarrassing films in her, in her hit ledger either. No, no, she doesn't. No. Like, you know how a lot of people, when they go through, they have some real, you know, real, real, you know, winners. Well, playing the main villain in this movie was Nigel Hawthorne. He plays the character of Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Uh, of course, he was also in uh, The Madness of King George, Yes Minister, and The Object of My Affection, to uh, what's my favorite chick flick of all time, if you guys want to know. Unfortunately, we lost the late, great Nigel Hawthorne on December 26th of 2001 at the age of 72. Uh, great phenomenal. Yeah. If you go back throughout his time, he was in a lot of legendary uh, movies. Hell of an actor. Hell, uh, of, an hell actor. of a stage actor as well. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Bratt made a hell of an appearance here. He plays Alfredo Garcia. Of course, you remember him from the Miss Congeniality movies, Traffic, uh, Coco, uh, you name it. He was in Poker Face most recently. We, we all love our some uh, uh, Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> Uh, next up, uh, Bob Gunton played Chief George Earl. You remember him from a lot of movies. I'll yes. tell you that right now. But the one that we all remember from, he played a warden mm-hmm. in uh, a little movie called The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he was also in Patch Adams, 24. Uh, the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie he was also in as a ghost. Just throwing that out there. Uh, here's, a, here's a fun one that we like. Glenn Shaddix played Associate Bob in this movie. <laughs> we all remember him mostly from Beetlejuice, where he plays the legendary character Otho. Yeah. I wonder if he's coming back for this new movie. I, I hope, hope so. so. I, I hope so, so as well. Uh, also, he was in Heather's Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah, Planet of the Apes. He's an under, underrated actor. I, I, I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. Next up, uh, you know, the asshole of all assholes, Dennis Leary. <laughs> uh, of course, Dennis Leary, you know, this was when he was a hot guy. He plays Edgar Friendly. He kind of plays himself, let's be honest. Oh, he, play, yeah, he definitely plays himself in this. Of course, most people remember him from his TV show, Rescue Me. Uh, the Thomas Crown Affair, he was also in. The Ref was one of the movies that came out shortly after this. Uh, Dennis Leary was a, was a guy who was uh, pretty on top of the world for a little bit in the comedy era. Suicide Kings. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> 
Uh, Mark Colson was in this as uh, as Warden William Smithers. I love the fact that his name was Smithers. Uh, he was in Banshee, uh, Outsiders, Justified, Parks and Rec. You know, we've seen him in a ton of things. That's why I want to give him a quick shout out. Uh, there's only a couple more shout outs that I want to give in this, and one's going to shock the shit out of you because <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught it. But playing one of the uh, the the underground people, Jack Black. Yes. Oh, I didn't notice that. No. Jack Black is playing one of the underground people. Of course, School of Rock, High Fidelity, King, yeah, the King yeah. Kong remake, uh, yeah. and of course, uh, most recently, the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, Jack Black, dude. Airborne, star of the movie Airborne. I knew that was coming up, but uh, also, I also, Ghost in the. Uh, I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. The sequel. Remember, uh, he's yep, in yep. that movie, That's uncredited, right. but he's there, main character. What? What? He didn't want to continue with the dreadlocks. Yeah, come on, guys, <laughs> and of course the other guy, and y'all know and love him. That, of course, is going to be Jesse the Body Ventura as Cryocon. Uh, remember him from Predator, The Running Man, Batman and Robin, and of course being the former governor of Minnesota, professional wrestler, and conspiracy theorist nuts. Oh yes, he is. Although he did out uh, Chris Jericho and his wife from being at January sixth. Just throwing it out there. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Jesse Ventura does the the Lord's work. They're throwing it out there. But uh, yeah, Jesse the Body Ventura also in this film. And that's going to round up the cast we're talking about. And with that, we are going to now kick it over to our full review. So if you've never seen 1993's The Demolition Man, this is your time to stop the podcast and come back after and check it out. If you have already seen it, even if it's been a while and you just don't care and you want to listen to the review, we're kicking it in right now. We're not even going to play the alert. Let's dive right in. We're going to go over the... Skull and bones of the movie, pretty much, and then going to our likes and dicks likes, because let's be honest, this movie is everywhere, <laughs> anywhere, all at once, and it's, it's <laughs> pretty amazing. much. So, let's just say, this starts off, by the way, this movie is made in 1993, it starts off in 1996. Yes. In, Los, in, in a uh, hellscape of what is Los Angeles, California, we see fires everywhere, and it's funny because the, the pilot, who then later goes on to be uh, a police officer later in the movie, that we're all familiar with. He, he he makes the thing of like, you know when airplanes used to land here? I'm like, it's only three years later. How far is L.A. falling to the shithole <laughs> in three years? But anyways, uh, so he is going after Simon Phoenix, who has kidnapped a whole bus full of citizens and taken them to this hellscape that he runs. And he says, you know, at one point in juncture in this beginning, he says to, to John Spartan, the reason I'm doing this is because... I told the post office to stay out of here. I told the cops to stay out of here. They all listen, but them damn bus drivers don't know how to listen. <laughs> That's when you know you're dealing with a psychopath. <laughs> but when John Spartan goes to bust him, you know what? Simon Phoenix is a little smart for John Spartan, and he's already kind of covered the whole floor in gasoline and uh, sets it ablaze. And as he sets it ablaze, John Spartan barely gets out with his life while well, actually saving the life of uh, Simon Phoenix, which is kind of a weird decision. Could have ended this movie real quick. No, you wanted him to have justice served. So when they make it outside, you know, he says, hey, we did a body scan. The people weren't in the building anyways. And we find out the people were in the building. We're going to find out why you didn't see him in the body scan later in the movie. You know, good reveal. I've got to be honest. Good storytelling, by the way. So anyways, because of this action, because 30 plus people died that were on that bus, John Spartan is charged with manslaughter on 30 accounts. It gets like 72 years in prison. But there's a catch. The prison is a more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a more humane setting because of Dr. Cocteau. And it is a cryogenics prison. So, Diesel, what happens when you get sentenced in a cryogenics prison? So, you get 
put into your little vat, they freeze you up, but you're going to still be active because you're going to get stimuli, electric stimuli, to retrain you so you can get out of your criminal ways and learn new skills to help you once you get released in the future. <laughs> so here's my problem. Stallone in this movie, I'm not saying his real age, what would you say his character is? Like mid-40s at the latest, right? I think he was like around, he's supposed to be like, I mean, at the time, I think he was in his 40s. The character was probably mid-30s. Okay, we're going to say yeah. mid-30s. Okay, so we'll say mid-30s. So 72 years, you're going to be in this cryogenics. If you do your whole time, they do have parole. Yep. You can come out and they can refreeze you, whatever. But if you come out of the cryogenics, that means you haven't aged a day. Yeah. But everybody you know and love is gone. So is this really a more humane way because technically speaking you're gonna like let's say he served the whole 72 years we're just getting off track here for a second let's say he serves the whole 72 years when you wake up everybody you've known and loved is dead so you're now alone in the world you're gonna you're gonna end up like our good friend in the shawshank redemption at the end yeah but you now have a new skill which you can go to work and now is where the real punishment begins <laughs> yes well we don't find out the skill right away we wait we'll have to wait for that one but anyways so now we fast forward to the year 2032. So, you know, basically 36 years later. Half, halfway there. We're halfway there. So 36 years in the future, and uh, Simon Phoenix is coming up for parole, which is weird that John Spartan wasn't coming up first, but whatever. <laughs> so Simon Phoenix is coming up for parole, and I love it. Warden Smithers is like, yeah, this is going to be an easy no. But uh, all of a sudden, Simon Phoenix knows how to sign himself out of his cuffs. Yes. And then he knows how to kill everybody in the room, including uh, one that I know Diesel was a fan of had to be, was the pen in the eyeball to use the <laughs> eyeball to scan to get out. It was kind of creepy, but yes, yes. Uh, so we're in a future society. Technology is really running rampant with making our lives easier. And you're moving through the doorway, scanning your eye, your retina scan. You got your chip in your hand to get through doors and all this stuff. But he knows that you need that eyeball so you can get out. Well, because he knows all these things because we'll find out later. <laughs> there's a re there's actually a reason why, which I, I guess is good. Well, I want to actually do take a step back for a second before we go where he goes next because we didn't really build what this new world looks like in 2032. So in 2032, crime has been pretty much eradicated other mm -hmm. than like vandalism and some theft. Pretty much everything's been, you know, just pretty much eradicated. There hasn't, we find out in a minute after we find out some murder, death, kill happens that none of the cops know what code 187 is because there hasn't <laughs> been a 187 since 2000 and I think they say 16 or something yeah, like yeah. that. So it's been 16 years since there was a murder, death, kill or a homicide 187. So, you know, this is a world where if you swear, they give you a, a ticket, a yeah. fine for swearing. A fine for one credit. Yes. <laughs> Uh, also, this is a world where the cars drive themselves. You know, it's kind of like the, the future. It's all clean and perfect and pristine from what we can see. Although we do see that there's some people uh, or some entities that we don't get to see yet that are kind of messing with the system as well. So it's kind of like this weird world. So Simon, is Phoenix, is now out. And he proceeds to murder, death, kill his way everywhere. Where uh, thankfully we got murder, death, kill because that's how we got the murder, death, kill gang. So MDK <laughs> all effing day. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we move on into the movie because they're like, hey, how are we going to stop Simon Phoenix? And finally, somebody gets the bright idea. Why don't we thaw Detective John Spartan? Because he's the one. He's the only man who took Simon Phoenix down. And of course, his nickname is what, Ron? What is John Spartan's nickname? 
Demolition Man. That's right. He's the Demolition Man. That's We find that out earlier in the movie. Why? Because he likes to demolish stuff. And I love the, the where they're right before they unthaw him here and they give the option. My, one of my favorite scenes has always been like, you to save one girl whose ransom was only 25000 you destroyed a $250,000 shopping ball. And the fucking little girl goes, fuck you, lady. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I don't know why that always tickles me, but it does. Yeah. Uh, the detective uh, Spartan here, he... He gets the job done, but at what cost? He always seems to catch his criminals. He has a record for catching criminals over like a three-year span, but he caused a lot of damage yes. in the middle of this. And he also knows who he is because earlier in the movie, what we didn't mention is when he's going after Simon Phoenix in that opening scene, before he jumps out of the plane, he says, you send a maniac to get a, to catch yeah. a maniac. And he'll say that line later in the movie yeah. as well. He says it a couple of different times. So basically, he knows he's a maniac. And then he jumps out of the, the helicopter yelling, Phoenix, this is what I don't get. He's after him, man. He doesn't care. Phoenix! Phoenix! It definitely plays on the... the the action tropes very well. Absolutely. I also, I'm also a big fan of the fact that uh, Simon Phoenix does take advantage of his name being Simon, and says so Simon says a lot. Yes. So I like it. I dig it. I can dig that sucker. Well, with that, we are moving on into the movie. So now they unthaw Sylvester Stallone, aka John Spartan, and now he's in this new world where the oldie station is just car- commercials. commercials. They call them mini. We call them mini songs. You used to call them advertisements. So it's like the Oscar Mayer song, the Green Giant, Green Giant song. Yeah. song. Oh my God, Jesus! So we also find out in this world because as we're getting brought up to speed, that there was a great earthquake in 2010 that uh, basically destroyed most of uh, Los Angeles, and that's why everything's underground. Like, the old world is underground. The only place you can see that is a museum, because John Spartan goes, well, the first thing he's going to do is get a gun. Well, that, and then the, the chief, of course, because he doesn't want to accept it, well, that is going to be absolutely impossible. We don't have guns, Mr. Spartan. We're not barbaric like you Neanderthals used to be. They call him a Neanderthal a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's like, yeah, well, I know him. He's going to go find a gun. Well, the only place you can find a gun is at a museum. Well, we're going to the museum. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who else was going to the museum? Simon Phoenix, because, yes, he's going to go get a gun because he's a sadistic, serial-killing, you know, criminal mastermind. So he goes to the museum, and him that's where we get the Spartan him face off in the future for the first time. Yep. Simon Phoenix ends up getting away, but when he gets away, he runs into uh, Dr. Cocteau, and what happens then, Ron? He pulls the gun on him and tries to shoot him, but he can't. He just can't do it. He doesn't know why. And then this is a part that I've always had a problem with, but we'll get to it. Dr. Cocteau kind of walks around him and basically is like, hey, I'm the reason you know what you know. And I don't trust me. I put the fail safe. You can't kill me. So it was kind of like one of those like, oh, so the doctor is evil. The doctor has a plan for a perfect society. And anything that falls outside of that realm is a gray matter that he can deal with. So this is a good time, Diesel, while you're on it. So what is ruining his perfect society, and why has Dr. Cocteau helped Simon Phoenix get out of jail? So the character played by Dennis Leary is sort of a leader slash non-leader of the underground people. This is a person that's going around and stealing food from the Taco Bells of the (laughs) city and graffitiing the land, keeping his utopia from spawning into existence so there is a little bit of resistance and he needs to quash the head of that yeah we'll talk about taco bell in a minute but yes (laughs) yes basically and all they want to do is you know we find out later and we'll say here all they really want is to live free you know and and do what they want to do and not be over regulated because we're going to talk about some of those regulations now we did skip over this because you know i didn't i wanted to get to the parts where 
you know, first. But when John when when John Spartan first comes back, of course, he has to go to the bathroom. And as, as somebody who might be frozen for a while is going to do, he might want to do a number two. <laughs> and uh, so he does, but he comes out to tell them there's no toilet paper. Ron, what do they have in place of toilet paper? The three she shells. I can't believe he doesn't know how to use the three she shells. By the way, a very uncredited Rob Schneider <laughs> is is also there, but he's uncredited. That's why I didn't mention him earlier. He plays this the call center guy for the police, and yes, he, he plays Rob Schneider in this movie. Uh, but uh, Diesel, do you want to try to explain? Have you know the th- what the three? Have you ever figured out what the three she shells are? <sighs> The closest I can think of is the old lobster claw trick that I know of, <laughs> but I don't understand why you need three of them. Maybe one to scoop, the other two to clean off both sides. <laughs> Ron, would you like to guess what the three uh, seashells are? I forget. I don't even know how. I... They never explain. They never explain, <laughs> but do you want to take a crack at it? Uh, Just a guess. How do you think that they work? Scoop, 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 one the scoop, one the scrape, and one to... <laughs> what know. a sniff. One to sniff. <laughs> you got to check your health somehow. <laughs> so, uh, Screen Rant even did a thing about the three seashells, uh, just so you guys know. And they basically say what we just said. They never explain what the three seashells are. However, they say that it's basically a building mechanism. It says, in the years since the movie's release, many have speculated as to how the seashells actually work, much like Demolition Man's contactless high five, because they also do that. They don't make human contact anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that's easier to explain. We kind of found out, you know, if you would have fast forwarded to 2020 during the pandemic, we all went contactless. So it kind of actually is easier to explain. Uh, and they kind of mentioned that during the sex scene, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, because she says about bodily fluids and stuff. And after AIDS, there was like 15 other things. Uh, it was a bit of a fun world building that wasn't fully explained through Demolition Man. Screenwriter Daniel Waters was uh, proactive of the truth behind the Demolition Man seashells. Stallone himself revealed how they work in a 2006 interview via Ain't It Cool. He explained that a writer told him, you hold two seashells like a chopstick, pull gently and scrape what's left with the third. (laughs) (laughs) So that is what Sylvester Stallone's is. (laughs) Oh, the old butterfly. (laughs) So Diesel is very tickled by this. So there, the, the, uh, from Stallone's, from from Stallone's mouth to God's ears, that is what the three seashells were for, at least according to him. We don't actually know. So anyways, I just mentioned it. Uh, You know, sex is different. We're going to get to that in a second. So after John Spartan comes out, it's like he runs off uh, Simon Phoenix. So Cocteau says, hey, why don't you join us for a fancy dinner at Taco Bell? (laughs) So on the way over there, Sandra Bullock and and John Spartan are going there. On the way to Taco Bell, is explained to him that Taco Bell won the franchise wars. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, when they mean franchise wars, they actually mean real wars. Like they went to battle. (laughs) So there was a war where people died over franchises. My, my assumption is McDonald's and Burger King got each other down to like 10% power and then Burger, or, uh, Taco Bell just swept, swept in. And Snuck just, in the back door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So they go to this fancy dinner at Taco Bell because all restaurants are now Taco Bell because yes. of that. And while there, of course, the people at the table are making fun of John Spartan and that's where we finally get to see Edgar Friendly's crew because they come up to steal food because they're hungry and people are dying of starvation. So uh, first, of course... Stallone sees what's going to go down, so he goes out. He stops them for the most part. I mean, some do get away. And then he feels bad because after he opens up the guy, the one crook's knapsack, he realizes they just stole food. Yeah. He's like, they're probably hungry. So he's really pissed off about it. And he talks a lot of smack and shit to all the people standing yeah. by. Which we were watching it like a show. Yes. Yeah, he starts to realize that he's in the middle of a very 
big class war right now. Yeah. Well, we go back in the car with Sandra Bullock, and he asked for a uh, he asked her for something, and she gives it to him. We don't know what it is at the moment, and he goes after tonight. This is going to come in handy. I love the tease of that. So when they get back to the apartments, because uh, they have dormiciles, and uh, Sandra Bullock's character, she uh, you know Huxley decides to get him a dormicile down the hall, but she invites him back to her place for some sex, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, you know he's he's ready, he's you know he's got thirty six years of built up boys ready to march the army in. I mean, he still looks at the same age, like Diesel said, he's probably in this movie in his mid thirties, yeah. according to you know thirty to four, thirty five to forty somewhere. I mean, granted, it is after he found out his wife is dead. So, well, you know, hey, you got to move so, on. So, you got to move on. So he's ready to go. He's ready to, you know, evacuate the testes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when uh, she brings out what Diesel? These two little headpieces, <laughs> because in this perfect future society, fluid transfers are a no-no. You do it all through your mind. There's no kissing, no touching, no real sex. And he's just like, why don't we just do it the old-fashioned way? You know, he's Which very against it. Highly offends her. Oh, it does. And to the point she kicks him out of the apartment. But it is kind of it's kind of funny because he even asked the question about, how. so how do you how do you procreate? Well, then you go to a doctor. Yeah. yeah. You know, so no, no, it has to be t- tested and sterilized. Yada, yada, yada. It's been proven that the brain waves that you get through this are even better. <laughs> So when he goes back to his 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 his, his, his dormitory, sorry, I almost said hotel room. He puts that what we find out is a video into the player, and then he opens up this little uh, little briefcase they left for him that has his hat from back in the day in it, and it also has a uh, ball of yarn and some some crochet hooks. And uh, what does he start doing, Ron, when he, while he's watching the video? Just starts crocheting. Yeah, he starts, he starts just, crocheting something. Doesn't even think about it. He's just like, okay, here we go. He's, he's wrapping it around his arms. He's crocheting. <laughs> we don't know what he's crocheting at first. But it shows in the video he's watching as all this time goes by where Dr. Cocteau is walking around Simon Phoenix. And he's like, that's not right. Yeah. So the next day, to apologize to uh, Lieutenant Huxley, he gives her a sweater made of yarn. So he made a sweater, and we find out Diesel. Why does he know how to yarn? Why why does he know how to to, to crochet? So during his time frozen, the skill that he learned was to become a seamstress. Yes, <laughs> yes, essentially. And then uh, so then he wants to know what Simon Phoenix learned. And boy, oh boy, Simon Phoenix learned how to kill a man with his bare hands. He learned every method of martial art. He learned every method of using a weapon. He used every method of, of hacking computers. Yeah, so he became, he got slipped into his head, Matrix style, all the stuff on how to be a successful terrorist, hand-to-hand combat, improvised weapons, guns, everything. So he is now... The perfect killing machine inside the brain of a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> so in the meantime, uh, we find out that uh, he basically he lets Doctor Cocteau know he's a he's a piece of garbage, and Doctor Cocteau sentences him to go back to jail, which I guess he can do. I guess. Which is great because since none of the cops carry weapons and they don't know even how to like tell somebody to stand down. <laughs> that was a great he, scene. He, <laughs> He is just they, able to walk away. They, they, they try to arrest him many times. It just doesn't work. <laughs> he has to go to the computer. And, How do I do this? In a in a tone, tell him to put his lay down on the ground and put his hands behind his back. Put your hands, lay on the ground and put your hands on behind your back. He's not doing it. What do I do now? Well, be more assertive. 
and tell them or else at the end. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> they are so out of touch with how to deal with crime that they just cannot stop what's going on. Yeah. So in the meantime, Simon Phoenix meets up back up with Dr. Cocteau and he tells him he needs some a gang. So he's got five guys. He wants them to dethaw so he can get the job done because he's been scoping out Edgar Friendly. He's got a lot of guys around. I need some extra guys, but I don't want any of those crazy people from New York and I don't want anybody sicker than me because I'm the only sick motherfucker running around is basically the line. And in the meantime, uh, Sylvester Stallone's character, John Spartan, decides he's going to go down into the underground and see what's going on. So uh, he gets a he gets a burger and a cerveza for a Rolex, by the way. Uh, Ron, what is the burger made of? Because as Huxley points out, there's no cows down here. Well, I mean, it's the only logical choice you have right there. Rat meat. Rata. Rata. Oh. It was the best tasting burger he had in a while. Watch the... To give Sly some acting credit, the way he pulls off the scene where he's like, you have that look of, oh no, to, I'm still going to eat this and enjoy it, yeah. was great. <laughs> so he ends up running to Edgar Friendly and he kind of finds out that, you know, that's what he's doing. It's like, it's nothing against it. And also, you know, basically they find out that they both hate cocktail. Yep. So in the meantime, we get a funny scene of uh, Wesley Snipes talking to the troops. Simon Phoenix is kind of rallying all of his uh, his psychopaths. I thought it was hilarious because he's like, it's the year 2032. For some of you, that's 2032. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we, I want you guys to do what we do best. Rape, pillage, steal. This is our town, boys. And as soon as we get rid of Cocteau, we'll be running this whole thing. But we got to take out this friendly guy first. So, of course, they come across friendly and he's with John Spartan. He's like, oh, I must have done something right in a past life. Don't want to know what that could be, but it's my lucky day. <laughs> Simon Phoenix has some pretty good lines yeah, in this movie. Yeah. I'll give Snipes that. And, of course, a little battle ensues, but they get away. But this is uh, to basically the, the, it's to plot together John Spartan with uh, uh, Edgar Friendly. So we're going to yeah. get a little bit of uh, things going on. So in the meantime... The group, the gang of bad guys goes and meets up with Dr. Coteau and he's like, I'm tired, about tired of your stuff. And he goes and pulls the gun on him again. And Cocteau very cockily reminds him that, oh, you can't kill me. Ron, what happens to the good Dr. Cocteau? <laughs> he gets killed because he throws the gun to one of the other guys and tells him, yeah, just kill him for me. We, we, we got to get in this now. <laughs> so yeah, Jesse Ventura is the guy. Jesse yeah. Ventura just shoots him and then they pick up his body and throw him to the fire. <laughs> Another log to the fire. <laughs> he, he, just, he forgot to put that in all of their heads. He just had it in in uh, Simon's. And then uh, that's where our, our friend, the formerly known as Otho, he's the associate. He's like, he's like I, I would be your assistant as well. Oh, what are we going to do with you? Well, I would be a great assistant. <laughs> so good. So this time uh, we got uh, we got uh, uh, we got uh, Sly Stallone in a Dodge four four two. Yep. And he's driving the streets in a four four two. And of course, the chief of police is like, "Oh, you're under arrest. You're not going anywhere." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> he, like literally, like literally, Josh Spartan's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> Nonchalant just goes away. <laughs> and then uh, the army of the people from underground are like, "Yep, we're gonna help you out." And so they all start going where they're going of course spartan and uh, huxley go to uh the doctor's house cocteau they find he's dead and they're like okay well this is gonna suck and uh, he kind of zaps her and uh he goes on his own because he's hunting down he knows what he's where he's got to go yeah, yeah so before he, he zaps her so he, she's unconscious uh there's a few little mini battles with the henchmen and she kills a man to save his life 
And that really fucked with her. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, whatever. So he, he kind of knocks her out with a little stick. So that, you know, gives her a little cute electric to the head. Knocks her out and says, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. And we go back to the cryogenics place. Because this is where the main fight from the third act is going to take place. Because Simon Phoenix is doing what? He is getting every person that is in cryogenic prison to thaw out. Because this world needs a little bit of, you know, chaos. Yeah. When one of his favorites that's getting on thought, which this joke was great, but it definitely aged poorly with circumstances post this, but he was excited to meet Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> that, that, that was the thing. That was the line in the movie. So as, as they're doing this, you know, of course, John Kramer or John Kramer, John Spartan <laughs> ruins the party. And uh, as he ruins the party, uh, we end up with our big fight between him and Wesley Snipes. And of course, Snipes has got all these action stuff, but it comes down to good old fashioned brains. And uh, basically, how does Sly win the fight, Ron? Uh, when he's, well, he get uh, he got stuck in the claw, claw first. first, and then when he was released, uh, he was able to freeze the ground around him with the uh, cryo. I don't remember. If it was it's like this cryo gel, but once once this gel hits the ground, yeah, yeah, there's right. this like there's like a, I don't a know what it is ball that activators, yeah, and it just. Yeah. Instant freezes everything. Yeah. I mean, so he yeah. drops that on the ground, and of course that freezes that freezes up Simon Phoenix and the thing, the claw that he just broke it out of using a, a line of cold nitrogen to break the arm. He as he swings around, he kicks off Simon Phoenix's head because earlier in the movie, Simon, in the first part of the movie, Simon Phoenix says about not knowing where the bus people are. I swear I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. He goes, I'll remember that. So it's kind of a callback to the Ooh. open. Uh, going back to that too, we find out too that the passengers were already dead. That's yes. why they were not yeah. found on the thermoscan earlier. And he went to uh, prison with a big smile on his face, knowing that he was sending Spartan to jail for killing those 30 yeah. people when they were already dead. So Spartan, who blamed himself for killing innocent people, yes. never killed a soul. They were already dead. <laughs> yep. So that that was a kind of cool reveal, too. I forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah. So that's that's how we get to the end of the movie. And basically, the end of the movie, you know, Sandra Bullock has a... Huxley has a different crew because, you know, Sly gives her the, the old tongue ski. <laughs> and, and she's like, are all fluid transfers like that? And then she goes for it. <laughs> he's like, better. Better. <laughs> he's, he's thinking he's thinking the long game, right? <laughs> and then, of course, we find out that Edgar Friendly and everybody, we're going to go back to society where you can free love and fucking. And then, of course, our good friend... Uh, Edgar Blant, what is what does he say when he's uh, asked about how that world sounds to him? Fucking a, <laughs> he's like I like that response. <laughs> and associate Bob offers to help him out get uh, everything meshed perfect. And then we yes. get the perfect Dennis Leary moment where he's like, "Let's talk about your hair because his hair is all like weird and that kimono, it's got to go." <laughs> it's like it's like this whole like thing to end the movie on kind of a, a chipper note, if you will. Yeah. So that's the movie as a whole. So let's talk about some likes and dislikes of the movie. I know we talked about some along the way, so I'm just going to start off with you, Diesel. Uh, what were some of your likes from Demolition Man? All right, so even, it's going to sound bad, but all the corniness of this movie, all the tropes that they used, everything that they did like that, I thought was done extremely well because it didn't take itself super seriously. It was Idiocracy meets Lethal Weapon 4, and that was the whole point of this movie. True. And I think they handled this perfectly, and... All the corniness of it actually worked for the plot to move the story forward. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Ron, any likes you want to add? I, like, in the beginning of the dystopian uh, L.A. area, I like, just watching it, it, it felt to me, and I know you're probably, guys are going to disagree with this, but it felt like Flashpoint Batman versus animated series Joker. 
A little bit. Okay. Yeah, like, like, that's just yeah. how I felt. Like it, that, okay. him with the guns, jumping out, yelling Phoenix, and I like that's just how I felt through this that whole opening and him killing the you know they're dead before that. Like, yep. It's all Joker as stuff, but it's like animated series Joker versus Flashpoint Batman to me. Like, and I, yeah. I know it's a really cliche thing to say, but that, I actually well, that's why I enjoyed the beginning of this a lot more. But yeah, because like every every action by um, Spartan. Is like over the top good guy yeah. action movie. Damages be done. I'm going to get yeah. the guy, no matter. Yeah. I grab the moniker Demolition Man. Also, zero reloads, <laughs> endless bullets, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to well, everybody's got endless bullets. Well, he does reload in the fi- in the end scene, but it's yeah, one, one 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 scene. He's got one gun. In the next scene, he's shooting two guns. In the scene after that, he's reloading one gun. Yeah, but you can't shoot 50 rounds out of any handgun. <laughs> it doesn't matter, because if you never hit, are you really shooting that gun? <laughs> this is Stormtroopers meet A-team level of fucking accuracy. That's when, true. when Spartan is going on the claw, and granted, Phoenix doesn't want to kill him just yet, but he also is aiming directly at him and missing every single time. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Cobra! I'm going to say this for likes. It's a lot of fun. Like, the movie as a whole is fun. It's funny. There's good comedy beats. The action's good. But they add a lot of humor and a lot of fun. So it I knows that it's kind of a cheesy 90s action flick, and it just leans into it. I think that's one of the best parts about it. And for the time, 1993, and it cost you know a little over $50 million for this. And granted, most of that is for Stallone. Snipes is making his way. Bullock's new. So it's mostly, like, writers and then the effects. It looks great. Oh, it does. It oh, looks yeah. fantastic Shot for a well. 30-year-old movie. The special effects in this movie look great. Shot well, composed well. Like, every, yeah. like it checks the boxes on the technical stuff. I Like, for the humor, one of my favorites is when when uh, John Spartan finds out that Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, president yeah. of the United States. Because he has his own library. And he's like, wait, wait, a Schwarzenegger library? Yeah, presidential library. He was president? Yeah. And he's, she's like, yeah, you know, because he was so well to people. They like, they uh, the 68th amendment. They, yeah. The 60, yeah, the 68th amendment uh, was uh, made so he could be president. And he's like, oh geez, it's kind of funny. It was a good tongue in cheek joke. Yeah. Again, well before his governor governor career, yeah. like the fact that they kind of called that he would go into politics was amazing. Well, yeah, but I will also <laughs> point this out. The funniest part about it is, is this is the same year that gives us last action hero. Yeah, and last action hero. The Terminator stands stand. Up is Stallone, yeah, oh. and and, and yeah. Uh, of course Arnold looks at it as like that doesn't look right. So like both of them had a joke about the other <laughs> and one. The kid, the kid's like well, uh, or the, whoever it was like yeah, it was one one of his best movies. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of funny. That, yeah. like if you if you look at those. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like I said, lots of fun. Let's go over to dislikes because I know we got to have some. Ron, what are your dislikes for Demolition Man? Like I said, some of the editing points at the end with the fight scenes. Like I said, the one minute he pulls out one gun, then all of a sudden it just cuts to him having shooting two guns out of nowhere, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let me finally I got to reload, but I only have one gun, so I reload. Um, it's like, eh. I mean, they tried a little bit of this, like, as they tried to make Dennis Lyric character like bad, even though it's not really supposed to be, you know, like. I think they tried to frame him as bad through but, the eyes of Cocteau. That was a red herring. Yes. Yeah, but I, but I didn't like it. Like, it just didn't need to be that. Like, I don't think it needed to be the red herring. And with, so, with introducing, granted, it's for the bigger point of, like, what the implications of this movie are, but, like, you could have even done away with, like, showing the underground as an yeah. entirety. Because yeah, they really didn't add much. Like, they, they make the save. Well, the only plot. They, they, they get the car. The only plot is really that they needed guns, the car. Yeah. The car and some more weapons. 
is really yeah. all it is. That's, and then they make really the save when, you know, he crashes the car and the cops are there to arrest him, but he could just walk away anyways. They really didn't need yeah. the underground to stop the cops from arresting him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I, I also well, I want to throw in there that the red herring aspect that I was just using to defend it, it falls apart because when you have that scene where Cocteau's walking around and we get revealed earlier in the movie that he's the villain. Yeah. Like when he's walking around Simon Phoenix in that, that clip, that's just the reveal. Yeah. Like, and they reveal it super early. So they get rid of the red herring really before you really even hear. You don't even hear word one from Edgar Friendly at that yeah. point. Yeah. Cause it, cause Except for, oh, we're going to rob the Taco Bell. Yeah. Because you, you meet him in the beginning. He's like, oh, look at that. Uh, another food delivery at 12 o'clock. Oh, it'll be another one in 12 hours. They're so predictable. Yeah. Right, right. That's it. That's yeah. all you hear from him. So you don't even know this character until yeah. after you already revealed. Yeah. And if you're using him as the red herring, you've already yeah. revealed that the the real bad guy is Kekto. So it's, yeah. it's weird. Do you yeah, want to add any dislikes? Yeah, going to add to that is like we get the reveal that he's the one who got Phoenix out. And it was so he can do the hit and then also cause chaos so he can gather more power to like further his utopia. That, it was a cool plot point, but the way they handled the Cocteau character was very, like, it was a huge oversight for someone that smart to be controlling everything, to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll unthaw your guys, yeah. and not put, like, an inhibitor in them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he gets killed very easily. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, like, Nonchalantly. I will say that, that that was my only dislike. There's there's a few just like things during the movie that they're just kind of like, well, well, that was a choice. Yeah. Like, the choice to make this guy who's, like, thought enough ahead that knew that Simon Phoenix would turn on him. To not think that another villain wouldn't turn yeah. on him. Like, that's just dumb. Or, like, the red herring thing that they're trying, but then they ruin their own red herring thing before you even know really who Edgar Friendly is. Yeah. So it doesn't make a fucking difference. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's some other little, just, just just little dumb stuff. There's just a lot of little dumb stuff. I don't know if there's anything other major. Does anybody else have any other dislikes right Yeah, they, they didn't reveal that uh, Huxable was his offspring. Huxley? <laughs> Huxley. Huxley. Well, we know his daughter is somewhere. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I was because they sort of teased that, and it was like that would have been a great fucking reveal at the end. Yeah, like they, they reveal, they say he has a daughter. And he's like, I don't know if I should go see, it, and then they, then nothing. Yeah, so it's no, because like, he's worried about getting them buns, bro. Yeah, and, you know, Demolition buns. Man too. Maybe he would have met his daughter. I don't know. Demo, Demolition Man was only what was going to happen to Sandra Bullock after <laughs> she uh, learned about the fluids, brother. I was throwing that out there. But even with how like all the futuristic people acted in the cop force and all that, like they're like she had played this brilliant naive character a little over the top. But I think it made sense in the idiocracy sort of way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, like, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Everybody was naive. I thought that those were really good moments in the movie. I, I thought this was very well acted. There's a lot of good positives. All right. Well, if that's it for the likes and dislikes, it is now time to move on and find out what the rest of the internet thought of it. And here's how we do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. The game is played simply like this. We're going to take scores from around the internet. The two gentlemen are going to guess them. Price is right, rules. Whoever comes close without going over, first the three points wins. Uh, except for we don't do ties. So that final question is closest to the number because we don't do ties. And if it has to be worth two points, so be it. Or in the rarest of rares, like last week where uh, Diesel had two points to, to nothing coming in, uh, we're not going to make the last one worth three. So, yeah, it's it, he got the win. So <laughs> Diesel is your defending champion. Ron is your challenger. And we're going to get this party started. So, Ron, because you are the challenger, you get to go first. And we're talking IMDb. Out of 10, using points, what did they give Demolition Man? 
I have no idea. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to go high. I'm gonna say seven point two. Diesel, you went really high. I I should hedge, but in my head I'm thinking in the six range. So we're gonna go five point five. Five point five, and you said seven point two. Yeah, and. Diesel gets the point, 6.7 out of 10. So you were closer, Ron, but Diesel, good hedge. All right, Diesel, you get to go first on this. This is Metacritic. Remember, critics only. Out of 100%, what did they give Demolition Man? I'm going to go high on this one. I'm going to go 70. Ron. One. One dollar, Bob, and... It pays off 34%. Wow. Dude, critics. This is not a critically acclaimed movie. Critics need to rewatch this. Well, well, this is back, you know, over years. But by the way, when Metacritic, I should just uh, discern the difference for everybody at home if you don't know. Metacritic takes all critics from everywhere and kind of just pulls the numbers together. Like when we talk about Rotten Tomatoes in a second, that is just people who do critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's why it's completely different. That's why the numbers don't always line up too. Because uh, speaking of which, Ron, you get to go first here. Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Remember, this is the critics from Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Demolition Man? 53. Diesel. Fuck. One dollar. <laughs> I was thinking 45 in my 53, head. 53, one dollar. Of course, you guys are both tied at one. And... Ron gets the point, 62%. 62%. So Ron yeah. is leading 2-1. to one. So Ron, if you can get this next answer and Diesel doesn't, you will win the game. Diesel for the block. <laughs> you get to go first, too. Rotten Tomatoes score. This is the fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give Demolition Man? 69. 69. Ron. I'm going 70. <laughs> 69 and 70. And... Ooh, we both by the way, you were close at 69, 66%. Oh, geez. 66%. So this is the last question. It will be worth two points. Diesel has one. Ron has two. So this is definitely worth all the marbles. And it is closest to the number, period. And it's the dreaded Google users. So, Ron, you go first because you're the challenger. Google users, out of 100%, what did they give Demolition Man? 83. 83. Diesel. 82. 83. So anything above 83 or above this one? Anything below 83? Is it going to be diesel? Of course, we do. This is Google. If it's anything lower, it's freaking retarded. We do have a winner and... Your winner. And new champion, Ron, 84%. If you would have gone one higher. Yep. One higher. I thought you'd be cocky and be like... 86. <laughs> oh, I was thinking that because of how this was scored with like Metacritic and all that, I thought this was going to be like the anomaly. Like I was thinking like 77. Yep. 84%. <laughs> so with that, Ron is your champion again. Diesel will have to wait till next week to see if he can win it back. But now that we've gone around the internet and gotten their scores, it's finally time to give our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And of course, uh, the nerds. Uh, we're going to give our nerd score first before I give my critic score. And the nerd score is a recommendation score where we take our critic score and mix it with an entertainment score to give you a recommendation for the movie. And uh, of course, the way it works is that it could be critically low, but if it was super entertaining, it could raise and vice versa. So there's only five parts of the nerd scale, and they are as follows. A one is a no. Just no. That means it's a terrible film. You should never see it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite a terrible film, but it ain't a good film, so you shouldn't watch it either. A three is, ah, it's good. This is an average movie, average to good movie. Uh, You're not going to regret watching it, but you're probably never going to watch it again. You're not going to want to go out and buy it or anything like that. That's just how it works. A four is 
just take my money. These are the very good to great films. These are movies that uh, you can you know rent or feel free to go to the theater if they're there. You might even add them to your collection. You might even watch them from time to time. They're good enough for that. And of course, last but certainly not least, is the rarefied air known as certified nerd and these are the legendary films the classic films these are like jaws jurassic park you're going to go and see them multiple times when they're in the theater if they re-release them you're going to go make a way to see them you're probably going to buy multiple copies and it's going to be in your rotation these are the creme de la creme so now that we know the nerd scale gentlemen we are going to go over our nerd scores so ron you will go first what is your nerd score for demolition man and why my score for this is a four show me the money the reason for this is it is a fun movie. It is the quintessential 90s action film. It's a little different than the 80s action film. If you if you you know, you know, like you'll just put it that way. This movie hits a lot of beats that a lot of movies just fail to meet. The concept out there, you know, is, you know, dystopian LA, move to the future, things blah blah blah. Fine. It, it's a little cliche to the point, but it's a fun watch. Like Wesley Snipes in this film really makes this film to the point where it makes it a four. Um, Sandra Bullock's character really moves this movie to a four. Stallone's just Stallone. Let's, let's just face it. I mean, he's just playing Stallone. He's just playing a different version of Cobra, Rambo, Mal. And, but he's a fun watch in this movie. But he has a beret. He does have a beret. And then when he puts it on, it's like turning the head around because it's like a switch. Ooh, yeah. over the top <laughs> reference there. So, But it is a fun movie. I wasn't upset about rewatching it. It's been a few years. Like I said, I own the DVD copy that has Over the Top and Demolition Man on it. You know, back in the day when they did that, where it was flip the disc. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was a fun watch. I wasn't upset that I had to rewatch it. And there you, go. you should see this. All right, Diesel, it is now time for your new score and why for Demolition Man. We are also at a four. Show me the money! Uh, this is a great action movie. It kind of plays to the just the normal cliche tropes and all that. But when you actually break this movie down, it is a highly intelligent movie, warning about the dangers of thought policing and all this. And it takes in a lot of shades of like Brave New World, which I believe is why they named her Huxley. Ah, I like that. I like that. I like that. I didn't even think about that. Um, This is Idiocracy meets The Last Action Hero. That's a a great movie. All right. And I'm not even going to bury the lead. I also gave it a four. A very strong four, because I really think that this movie, I I like what you guys said. It is a fun movie. It encapsulates an era where the action film sometimes took itself too seriously, because we've watched some of those. This one doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time, there's something important to be said there on the underlines. You know, it's kind of the idiocracy before idiocracy, where in the future, things have gotten so nice that people become so naive that they don't actually use their brain for much. Uh, You know, there's there's people outlawing you and, and, you know, policing you by outlawing things, because you're just like, oh yeah, well, we have these nice things so it doesn't matter if we do this anymore you know what i mean that's kind of like where there's a message in this fucking movie and act on which is weird in an action film to actually have a real message (laughs) there right but at the same time it doesn't take itself seriously the action is still cool in this movie but there's a lot of fun scenes even a lot of fun action scenes i love the one-liners throughout the movie it's 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 a really fun movie to watch there's there is no question it was on the cusp of being certified nerd in my that's why i said it's a strong four because the only things that really kept it out was kind of some minor stuff and i'll give my critic score here i gave it a seven and a half out of ten which is a very strong score and that's kind of weird as a critic score because people are like well it's a ridiculous movie why'd you give it so much but here's the thing they mix the message in without being didactive while still keeping the movie fun 
and the scenes flow. What holds it back from Certified Nerd and what holds it back from going higher is the fact that there is some ridiculous shit that happens. And I'm not talking about for fun. Like, there's times in this movie where it feels like the writers or the director just threw some shit at the wall and whatever stuck, stuck. And you have to deduct for that because there's a couple things you're like, that makes no sense. And, and then, like Ron said, there's some editing issues in this movie where they didn't exactly, you know, they didn't exactly get it right. So you're in your, and it's not like, oh, it's something in the background that you didn't notice. Oh, no, it's it's highly noticeable. <laughs> yeah. Highly, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like the joke in Black Dynamite where every time Black Dynamite punches uh, cream corn, he turns into a different colored person. Yeah. So one is he's a black guy, then he's a white guy, then he's an Asian guy, then he's a, you know, so it's like editing like that where you're like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So it kind of does take you out of the movie for that brief moment. Thankfully, the movie's so entertaining, it gets you right back in. That's yeah. why it doesn't lose too much. But it's also what keeps it from being in that the next level, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. There's also a couple, I wish it was, I wish there was a real climactic big action scene. And there just wasn't. Like, that's what sets this, that's what yeah. sets this apart from Last Action Hero. I think the one thing the Last Action Hero did better and spoiler alert, if we were reviewing it, which we haven't, uh, it, it would get a five. Yeah, you know, spoiler no, alert. I mean, one day we might still do it, but I don't care. Once again, you guys right. know we're going to do Jaws for its 50th anniversary in a couple years, and we already know where we are. We say it every week. But the thing of the matter is, where Last Action Hero passes and this doesn't, is Last, Last Action Hero still gives you some big action moments. Yeah. This never has that big action beat. It's a, it's a fun movie just like Last Action Hero. It doesn't take itself seriously just like Last Action Hero, which is amazing that they both did that. I just would have liked that big coup de gras finale. And yeah. we don't get it. We got to get a lackluster finish of, of Simon Phoenix, who is one of the most badass villains, in my yeah, opinion, yeah, in any yeah. movie. Like, it's a very underrated performance yeah. for Wesley Snipes because I think he's amazing in this film as Simon Phoenix. Yeah, it's a little more tongue in cheek and fun, but he's ruthless and cutthroat and, and does it with. He's like the real. I, I, yeah. I like what you said earlier about the Joker. He's like the real life Joker from the comic books at the time. And it's beautiful. I love yeah. everything about it. But I wish that it, there would have just been a bigger ending because he kind of, like it does look cool. Let's be honest with the him freezing up and getting his head kicked off. But couldn't we have gotten there a different way just to make it like a little more flashy? Because yeah. in a big action film, you want that one flashy scene. And I don't think this movie has that one flashy scene. What are you talking about? The claws, the, the, the claw game. <laughs> no, no. It, it's fun, yeah. but once again, it's not flashy. You know what I mean? Like you go to the end of Last Action Hero. Didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? The Last Action Hero yeah. has this big, you know, Dude, coup de gras finish. The only reason why Last Action Hero a lot of people didn't see was because it came out when Jurassic Park came out and Jurassic Park just ruled that week, right. summer. And then, then, like, I didn't even go to theaters to see Last Action Hero. I saw it on VHS and I'm like, holy shit, this is... Well, wild. I think Last Action Hero gets this due now, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. But once again, I think that they had, at least they had the coup de grace. Yeah. They have that big finish. Yeah. And I think in an action film, you have, in my opinion, you have to... That's the only thing I'm missing in this movie. Like, literally, from a critic standpoint, the only thing I'm missing... Take aside the little... You know, even if you would have left the little things where they're throwing shit at the wall, if you would have given me the big coup de grace finish, this would have gotten an eight, and I would have certified it nerd. But it's like... It's almost like you get to that ending, and it's like... It's good. It's entertaining. It looks amazing, by the way. Yeah. And I'm sure that that was mostly practical. Some little bit of CG, but yeah. mostly practical. And it looked awesome. It's just like, it just almost was like a, you yeah. know, when you were there, it wasn't, it wasn't like this big action. Like, I feel like this movie definitely called for a big action finish, in my opinion. I agree. Especially because of how badass the villain was. Like, if it wasn't as a badass of a villain, I think that, okay, that's fine. But Simon Phoenix is a badass villain. He deserves a, you know, a more badass death, in my opinion. See, I'm, I'm taking the look of this wasn't an action movie, though. This was a satire on the action movie. 
done maybe, intelligently. Maybe. maybe. Okay. So I think that's kind of like why they didn't do that. But yeah, a, a cool a cooler action scene would have probably helped this movie out a little bit more. Just something more memorable than like even if it a wasn't the sub-zero finish. kill. Even if it was even if it wasn't the finish, even though there was something flashy in the middle. It was just never that flashy moment. And if you're making fun of an action film, shouldn't you go over the top yeah. more? So if you're looking at it that way, which I think it was a cool look for you, you're still yeah. going to be like, damn, they should have gone over the top even more because it's satire. Yeah. Because think about it. Every other action movie goes way over yeah. the top. That's what Last Action Hero makes fun of. Yeah. Is that every movie, because that is a real satire of action films. But where that goes that extra mile, this pulls back a yeah. little bit. And I'm not sure that I like the pullback. That's it. That's the only reason. Yeah. But still, a phenomenal <laughs> movie. I, I've already started looking for a 30th anniversary Blu-ray in a steel book to add to my collection. So it's still going to go there because I'm like, man, I haven't seen this movie in over a decade. I loved it probably more than I even loved it before. And I'll probably add this to a rotation that I watch on a, on a somewhat frequent basis because that's how good this movie made it was. I mean, like I said, I just also, as a critic and as you know, we compare movies to other movies. That's why we're not unfair about things, or at least I do. And I know Ron yeah. does and I know Diesel does. And it's like other movies, another movie came out the same fucking year, just did all that stuff a little better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trust me. I was going in with low expectations. Like, oh, it's just going to be another. I was like a two or three. Yeah. I was was hovering at a three just because I'm like, I remember Wesley Snipe in this movie and I remember loving his character. I mean, like even like the whole, his outfit is Mm -hmm. very colorful in a black and white world. Well, that and then every scene that we see him, there's something new added yeah, to yeah, him, yeah. which was great. And then at the end, he's got this armor that's made out of tires and all this stuff. Like, which he's more works. looking. He's more looking Mad Max by yeah. the end of it. Yeah. When he first comes out, he's looking like a '90s club kid. Yeah, he's like and like and like you said. I loved what you just said. Yeah. It's like he's in a black and white world, and here he is, Mister Colorful. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the blonde hair, and he's yeah. got the crazy colored and yeah. the suspenders and the yellow and shirt. It's got all sorts of colors on it, and nobody looks at him. Nobody looks at him. Nobody cares. No, no, nobody cares. He's just like, oh, okay, whatever. Because in this world, there's no threats, and here, yeah. and the threats right there in front of you, which yeah. is kind of it, yeah. I, I, I that's why it. that's why this moves to a four. And racism is a three credit fine in San Andreas or San <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> Although the way that Sylvester Stallone solves the three seashells problem, just swearing at the machine to get his toilet paper, <laughs> is ingenious. Yeah. And, and I like that. I, I got to give that a nod. I forgot it earlier. So with that, that's going to bring us to the end of the review. That's our scores. We want to hear from you. What are your scores? Hit us up on the social medias. Hit us up wherever you want to find all that information or where to get a hold of us. 3FNpodcast.com. Ron, before we dip out of here, I do believe you have some uh, business to attend to. Okay, I'm going to read this how it's typed. So oh, don't hate me on this one. One out of ten stars. Bad or worse? Can't pick. This game simply was the worst fantasy-like movie I have seen till this date. They tried to compensate the bad acting in this Disney-type movie with great special effects. I really look forward to Lord of the Rings since then I can finally forget this movie. The only reason it was a box office hit was because of the extreme hype about the movie. One out of ten stars. (laughs) Harry Potter just sucks people. Well, he called it a game. I I, I think I just had an aneurysm. He called it a game at one point. He said something about Disney and Lord of the Rings. I mean, we'll give it... Okay, the one card he gets, he shitted on it and he gave it a one. Not, not, he didn't give it a six, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. He, this person very much did not like the movie. It's just, I don't think English is their first language, and they did not know how to articulate their thoughts well, I mean, properly. Obviously, they don't realize Lord of the Rings sucks too, people. Oh, Ron's <laughs> pissing off a whole other group of people. By the way, if you would like to send your hate, uh, if you are a, a person who follows the wizarding world of Harry Potter and you hate what Ron has been saying or that shot at the Lord of the Rings folks, uh, I just want to throw this out to you. Send all your hate to 
at RedX230 on Twitter and also uh, an Instagram and OnlyFans, but the OnlyFans will be careful that might not actually be him. <laughs> I, you, you've no. been warned. It's, a, it's, it's me. If those kids knew how to read, <laughs> they'd be very upset. <laughs> if you see something there, we are not responsible for what you no, saw. There's nothing, there's nothing there. Hey, listen, you should have teased the other way. You always sell big <laughs> and small. <laughs> oh, there's stuff on mine. <laughs> so yeah, if you figure out diesels, you've been warned. Patreons have seen it. <laughs> yes, there's patrons who have seen it. Not because we put it out there. No. So don't come to Patreon look, thinking you're going to see something. They just figured out where they can see Diesel. And, <laughs> and I, I want to say uh, congratulations that we, we that person bumped up to a uh, minnow, a minnow after we found that story out. So <laughs> hey, maybe you owe them a pick. <laughs> that, that, that and she likes the shirts. Oh, awesome! Yes. Well, I, I did. I, I did say give me the shirt set. So yeah. that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that off the air. So with that being said, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, next week <laughs> on the Three FN Movie Club review, we are going to make Ron's mind go completely. Because he is not looking forward to spending three and a half hours in a movie theater to watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Of course, the newest uh, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's 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 go through this. Leonardo DiCaprio, John Lithgow, Brendan Fraser, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, uh, Tantu Cardinal, Lily Gladstone, Kara Jade Myers, Janae Collins, Jillian Dion, and more. And of course, directed by the legendary Martin Scorsese. Me and uh, me and uh, Diesel are all in because we like these, this artsy shit. As, uh, I'm not saying said. I don't like the Archie stuff. I'm just saying it's three and a half hours. There's no but way it's going to be three. It's going to be three and a half hours of fire, straight fire. If I, if I go on. Thursday, I'm going right after work. Come on, you got the Goodfellas poster. You got all that oh. shit. You gotta. You can spare three and a half hours to the l- great Martin Scorsese. It's not like it's going to be the Irishman. Has, hold on. Oh, that's true. I oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. I was going to say. I, by the way, I almost said, "Has he ever let you down?" And then you said that. I was like, "Never mind. Yes, he has. Never mind. Never mind. Take that back. Yeah, take that back." Okay, 95 percent of the time he doesn't let you down. So, with that being said, though, until next week when we do Killers of the Flower Moon for the Three FN Movie Club review. For the me and the guys, I just got to say thank you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. I got a nine seashell shit brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people. Okay.